that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Enough is enough. Mm -hmm. I don't deserve this. Mm -hmm. They don't deserve this. We deserve better. You are not alone. I'll support you through. You don't have to run. You can always overcome everything that you've been through. Share your story here and lay down your fears. We all hear your pain and there's only love to gain. You can get it all right here. Hello, my name is Elizabeth Davies and I am a mental health counselor and author. And today I have as our guest Maria, who saw me for counseling back in 2009. She came in to help deal with her partner's drinking and to raise her self-esteem from being in a devaluing relationship with her stepfather and to help find her purpose. And so I am very happy to have you on our show today. Maria, thank you. Welcome to Good Things from the Couch. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, 2009 was when you first came in. So it's been quite a while. Yes. And I'm just really excited to reconnect and find out where you are today with everything. So let's take the listeners back to 2009 and just let them know what prompted you to call me for counseling and where you were at at that time. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I was kind of, I was, oh gosh, how old was I? I was 20, maybe 21, 22 years old, uh, mother of two. Um, in a relationship uh, with a man who um, I didn't know if he I kind of knew he, he had alcoholic tendencies at that time but it wasn't really uh, something that was focusing on at that point in time I was more focusing on my relationship with my stepfather and kind of wanting to just raise my self-esteem at that time I was I was an exotic dancer. I had two children and um, just not in a good place. And actually the the part, the man that I was with at the time, he actually kind of suggested that, hey, you know, you're, you're going, he saw that I was kind of in, you know, in shambles regarding my stepfather and my relationship with him. And he actually suge- suggested that I seek, you know, professional help. And some counseling, and I, by fate, I found you, <laughs> and um, that's kind of where I was. I was just, I was very young, single mother, I was an exotic dancer, I had self-esteem issues, and as well as, you know, just trying to figure out where I, where I fit in, in the world, and, mm-hmm. you know, just work on just loving myself more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can even go back, Maria, to the time when you very first came into counseling and you had let me know in the first visit that you had gotten pregnant with your first child at age 15. Yes, yes. I my, I was pregnant at 15, had him at 16, and had my second child at the age of 19. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I was pregnant in high school and, you know, I had a very troubling childhood. My stepfather, I'd never met my biological father. Um my stepfather raised me from the age of I believe two one one or two I don't remember anywhere one or two mm-hmm. and he was an alcoholic um and I was kind of the you know what you say the redheaded stepchild I was as soon as my you know sister was born which was his biological child I kind of you know he was you know just became very mean with me and very 
you know, just uh, not ver- very verbally abusive. Sometimes it was physical, not more verbal, though. Mm-hmm. So it was, I mean, it kind of just all started, stemmed from just, you know, the childhood on up and me kind of looking for love in all the wrong places because not being able to have, you know, that stable father figure at home. Mm-hmm. And do you want to let the listeners know why you didn't have a relationship with your biological father? I actually, yeah, I, I, I never met him. So when I, I was born in um, Mexico and um, I want to say a month after I was born, he left. He just decided to, you know, leave my mother and never look back. Mm-hmm. He was just a very kind of, you know, a Rolling Stone man, very responsible and just, just left. And I never, you know, to this day, I don't, I don't even have a photo of him. I don't know what he looks like. Mm-hmm. So, Did you tell me he was in prison? My biological? No, he, no, my biological, no. My stepfather was in prison for actually um, for murder. He killed someone. Um, he actually just got released this year. Wow. Yeah, he... He went to prison for, I want to say, 12, 13 years. Wow. Wow. He went in when I was 18. Wow. So you were already pretty much raised by then. Because I think you told me you left home at 15. Is that right? Well, he kicked me out, and I lived with an aunt. And then, you know, my mom would, you know, she was, she's very, um, she, he was uh, verbally abusive to her too, very degrading to her, mm-hmm. and she didn't work, she didn't drive, she didn't mm-hmm. have an education, mm-hmm. so kind of, you know, he made he made all the decisions and mm-hmm. so but that was one thing she kind of really stood her ground on was just trying to get me back she wanted to be with her daughter and so mm-hmm. i did end up going back um i want to say maybe three months after you know i moved in with my aunt my i, I lived back with my mother and she got thank god for her she mm-hmm. you know she was my guiding light through mm-hmm. most of my childhood did she help you raise the uh, your oldest child that you had at age fifteen? Did she help you with that? Oh, absolutely, good, yes. She, she, yeah, she stayed at home with him while I went to school. Mm-hmm. I worked two jobs, mm-hmm. and uh, oddly enough, I made the best grades I ever had right after I had him. My wow. grades were so good. Wow. I was just, you know, I was so determined, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I had this little person to, you know, take care of, and I was so tired. I'd fall asleep in class, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, it was a goal of mine to, you know, just at least have at the bare minimum a high school, you know, mm-hmm. education because my mother didn't have that. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and my stepfather actually bet my mother that I wouldn't graduate high school and just very, you know, just very degrading that kind of very petty, you know, mm-hmm. you don't need high school. You don't need it. Just mm-hmm. work. As a matter of fact, I'll bet your mom that you're not even going to graduate, you know, and I think that was kind of more where I was like, you know what, not only am I going to graduate, but I'm going to graduate with excellent grades and I'm going to do it with two jobs. And, you know, I did it and he, you know, he didn't even show up to my graduation, which was Mm -hmm. very sad. Yeah. Very sad. But I love that it just shows your determination to get through all of these challenges, like raise a child as a teenager, okay? Be with a a stepfather who you notice loves his biological daughter more than you and treats you bad. What prompted you? I know you said your boyfriend at the time, which is the father of your second child, was the one who said, you know, you need counseling. But when did you discover you didn't have good self-esteem? Well, um... What what made you decide like realize that? When I was probably just when I was an exotic dancer, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, okay, I I would kind of 
look around and say, this is not where I belong. This mm-hmm. is not what I should be doing. This mm-hmm. is not, I'm better than this. Mm-hmm. But I would say that, but didn't, but never did anything about it. Just kind of said, you know, oh, well, this is just kind of it for now. And, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The, doing that day in and day out is very, it's very exhausting mentally, physically, emotionally. And I think that was where I was just like, okay, you know, some, something's got to give here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I met you, uh, it wasn't too long after you started the counseling process that you decided to go into another profession. Oh, yes. What? I don't even remember. That you one. wanted to be a chef. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm like, wait a minute, what was it? <laughs> it's been a long time. Now, so it's like, yes, that's right. I went to culinary school. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not in that profession right now, so I totally forgot. <laughs> yes, I have. I've always had a love for food and cooking and baking. And, yeah, I, I went to culinary school, and that was – I. It, enjoyed it so much and loved every bit of it going to school it Mm -hmm. definitely gave me it raised my self-esteem it gave me a sense of of worth Mm -hmm. and it just it was really good for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then what happened to the relationship with the boyfriend who was the father of the second child uh when he asked you to go to counseling what happened to that relationship um he and i split up very i want to say when um our son was one i want to say um i don't he was very um i don't know i think he i don't know he has he's very peculiar in his just i kind of i think it was more me i kind of just fell out of love with him and and it was but it was again another it was me again looking for love you know and Mm -hmm. looking to be loved and you know Mm -hmm. allowing myself not protecting myself enough you know to use birth control and like Mm -hmm. i knew what that was and and, Mm -hmm. but i still just you know just to me that was another example of just my self-worth like Mm -hmm. okay i'm just gonna meet this guy and i'm gonna have unprotected sex and Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. it was just Mm -hmm. very you know just irresponsible low self-worth decision and and, you Mm -hmm. know it wasn't someone that I truly cared for even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember you telling me that your oldest son, his biological father, uh, left kind of like your biological father left. Can you want to share a little bit about that happening? Yes. Yeah, so that- his biological father actually, you know, as soon as I, well, he was, he was only a year older than me. So I was 15, he was 16. And mm-hmm. he, um, as soon as, you know, I was pregnant, he was, would go and you know date other girls and you know and just kind of do his own thing and at that point you know i just just wanted to focus on myself but with him he actually started to get into drugs and he um dropped out of high school and he also went to prison for murder Mm. when my oldest son was uh i want to Day three, hmm. he also went to prison. He will actually be in there for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he is not, I mean, um, a part of my life. But my son, my oldest son, who is now 17, does go and see him. Um, I don't take him, his grandmother does, mm-hmm. to visit his father in mm-hmm. prison. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he doesn't have his father either. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I noticed uh, the similarities with that. Like, you know, you were raised with a stepfather who was alcoholic, then you chose a partner who also was alcoholic, then your father, yes. your biological father was in prison, then your son's biological father was in prison. There's, like, so many similarities. 
Oh, yes, definitely. What was the biggest challenge with that when you were realizing that? Like, I remember one time you did bring your son in at a very young age, uh, and he was worried, like, who takes care of my dad? I remember him being very worried, like, who's going to take care of my dad in prison? And I don't know if, like, when you were a little girl, you thought about those things or anyone told you about those things or if your son talking about that at the time brought up anything for you in your own childhood. You know... I don't, maybe a little it didn't. I wouldn't, just because my, the, I wasn't with his, my oldest son's father when he um, went to prison. I wasn't with him. Mm -hmm. And then I was already pretty grown by the time my stepfather, you know, Mm -hmm. went to prison. So it didn't really, you know, bring back, I mean, the similarities are obviously they're there and they're hard to, you know, they're hard to miss and just kind of think about that. But it didn't, I don't think Mm -hmm. that it really, you Mm -hmm. know brought back a lot of emotion i think it just the what it just did it just it just hurt me to Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. you know it's something that is that i could like i can't fix that you know his father is in prison that's something that's kind of out of my control and that is that was the most frustrating part is you know having to explain that this isn't your fault right something that someone else did right right which is good which is good for him to know and then he had a similar your son had a similar background because now he had a stepfather who also struggled with alcohol like your stepfather did yes yes that's that's very true i was with um i was with and i met a man after i left the father of my second i met him and we were actually together for 13 years well, not all, 12 years, 12 years, no, 12 and a half, 12, 12 years. And he raised my two boys, but this man, um, was also an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, he, he was a good, I will say he's a very good man, but, and I very smart, but just his addiction was, mm-hmm. was too much. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole nother, you know, I feel like that was me working through my, you know, father issues mm-hmm. through him almost, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely saw the, the, okay. Like I saw myself almost as a little girl, like I'm the mm-hmm. girl, I'm my, you know, a little girl. He's almost like this father figure. Yes. It was, yeah. And I felt like my mom a lot because my mom didn't work. And there was a time in our relationship when I didn't work mm-hmm. and he paid all the bills and he mm-hmm. had all the power. And I mm-hmm. felt very much like uh, this was a cycle and I am my mother. Mm-hmm. And how many of us have been in that situation? We marry what's familiar, family or familiar, that dynamic, a dynamic of our mom or a dynamic of our dad. And in our adulthood, we try to rework through it. And we can even, I've had so many people tell me exactly what you're saying. Like, I feel like my mother or a male tell me, like, I feel like my father in this situation because they were the ones who programmed us that way but really we're trying to rework it in our adult life for a different outcome and was it a different outcome was there any differences between being a child with your stepfather and then being an adult with an you know your stepfather's an alcoholic and then being with an adult as an alcoholic like was there any differences in the dynamic of how they treated you how you felt about yourself um well no, I think it was, I felt there were times where I felt very low, very belittled. Mm-hmm. There were times where he, you know, the the man that I was in a relationship with, he would, you know, he'd get drunk and then he'd get very mean, mm-hmm. you know, very, you know, just name calling, very angry. Mm-hmm. And then I would find myself just kind of 
almost reverting back to being a little girl. When I was a little girl, I would go and I would like sit in a corner somewhere and cry or under my, under my blanket. And I found myself doing that a lot during the, you know, when he would start drinking and, and start with a mean, you know, with the, with the meanness, I found myself reverting back to that and being with the blanket over my head and crying or sitting somewhere in a corner and crying. And so I very much felt like how I felt as a little girl all over again, but as an adult, which was, even harder because mm-hmm. I, I'm the adult now, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mm-hmm. can get myself out of this, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. But did you have skills to get it out? So by then you were in counseling and you and I were talking about, cause that was one of your goals, how to protect yourself and do self care while being in a relationship with an alcoholic. Was there things that you learned that were helpful that helped yeah, you? So what's, what's a big help for me? If I remember the first, I still think about this. So when you gave me a mirror, yes. you told me to look in the mirror and tell your, you know, and you said, you know, I say, I love you to yourself. And that yes. was so hard for me to yes. do. Yes. Like I couldn't, I just could not. And I'm like, wow, something so simple that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so after I fought, you know, with tears and all of that, after doing that, and you would say, you know, look at yourself in the mirror, see that you love yourself. Like you, yeah. you're responsible for your own happiness. Yes. That I'll never forget when you told me that. And I'm like, it's kind of light bulb. Yeah. Went off. Yeah. And so I would just say to myself, you know, I'm responsible for my own happiness. And then I would look at myself mm-hmm. in the mirror and say, I love you. Good. You know, you're amazing. You're wonderful. Good. And slowly, I mean, and very slowly, I would notice, you know, when he would start to get, I just try to remove myself from the situation mm-hmm. or just say, you know, that's what he's, he's drunk. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that's his opinion of me. And mm-hmm. I would just slowly start to kind of deflect mm-hmm. the more mm-hmm. I really do think those exercises were really big on just slowly working up yes. my, my self-esteem. Isn't that huge? Like just letting yourself know you love yourself. Uh, and, and I also remember saying, okay, list all the good things about yourself. You know, you're smart, yes. you're beautiful, you're kind, you're a good mom. And you just start to rebuild your self-esteem. And then people that don't value you, it becomes more and more intolerable. So instead of it being familiar to, for people to talk down to you, because we also can talk down to ourselves in our head, right? right? And then once we build ourselves up, it's like, and deflecting was such a good thing you said too. Instead of like taking it personal that this this person who's an alcoholic who you love is talking to you in these very demeaning, angry ways, now you're not taking it personal. You're like, that's them, they're drunk. And then you remove yourself and go back and start building yourself up that I am lovable, I'm in charge of my own happiness and just I'm a good mom and I'm beautiful and all these true things about yourself as a way to protect yourself and and almost like wrap yourself in in a protective uh, i mean like a protective blanket if you will you know from cocoon in a cocoon right from all of this so that it it does you're not absorbing it and it's not causing more um more information to lower your self-esteem yes 100 percent those first those doing all of that was so monumental and just mm-hmm. you know for me it's mm-hmm. just kind of set the foundation i feel like for me to just work up from there as yes. far as my self-esteem like yes. you know it was just repairing all those cracks yes yes so what was the other biggest challenge that you could tell the listeners about living with an alcoholic and how to navigate through it as a way to protect yourself and your children and oh goodness i deflecting is 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 big and to understand that you know we're 
as much as I, we're, like I wasn't forced to be there. It was right. my choice. Right. It's always it was always my choice. Any mm-hmm. day I could have left and, yeah. and I didn't. But yeah. you know, at one at what point when is when is enough? When mm-hmm. is enough enough? Mm-hmm. You know. And I started to think, okay, not only is this affecting me, but this is my my boys are seeing this. Yes, this is the example. And that they're looking at as 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 a man, as a mm-hmm. as a father, and mm-hmm. are they going to be alcoholics as well? Mm-hmm. You know, or are they going to marry someone yes. who is an alcoholic? Yes. And that started to scare me. Yes, because like you talk about when I can, you could be the one to break the cycle. Like you came from an alcoholic home or with yes. an alcoholic, and you could, like you said, the great thing, like you were you were empowered enough to know, like no one's forcing me to be here. I'm not dependent on this relationship, right? I can yes. leave at any time. But then knowing when do I want to stop the cycle so my son also doesn't pick an alcoholic or is an alcoholic. Like, when do I want to stop this cycle in my family, which is so powerful. It really is. It really is. Because it's been such, and I know my grandfather was an alcoholic as well, my mother told me. So it's just been an Mm -hmm. ongoing cycle Mm -hmm. throughout our family. Mm -hmm. So what gave you the courage to leave? Honestly, building my self-esteem and finding my self-worth so Mm -hmm. the more i worked on myself i started Mm -hmm. reading more i started Mm -hmm. to meditate i started my affirmations and Mm -hmm. affirmations you actually got me started on the affirmations after our sessions we'd have you give me an affirmation card yes and i still have a lot of those i love that (laughs) and so i'd have my (laughs) affirmation cards and then i just kind of repeat them i'd put them in the bathroom and just places you know where i'm going to see them and i repeat them Mm -hmm. and and the mirror work and mm-hmm. all of that just and then i also did um i i, I put I don't, I don't remember it was a picture of myself as a little girl oh yeah i remember this and yes. i put it in the middle of a giant piece of paper and i wrote with crayon you know mm-hmm. around it and i just sat there and i put and i wrote down all the things that i wish i would have been told as a little girl Aww. and i sat there and with crayon and just did it and i cr- i mean i was it, i Aww. bawled my eyes out but it was so cathartic it really was and i think when i did that it just kind of like like that to me healing just was so amazing i'll never forget the day i did that because after that i felt so uh, just like empowered i'm like okay you know, I, I, I'm better than this. I'm better than this. And one day he, you know, my, you know, ex-partner just got really drunk and, and was actually being really rude and, you know, really mean to my boys. And I said, you know what? That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Enough is enough. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. We deserve better. I have so much to offer. I'm this great person. This, I don't, I don't deserve this. I deserve so much better. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. called it quits. And that was that. And you had enough strength at that time. What were some of the things you wrote to yourself, to that little child that you had a picture of yourself as a little girl that really helped strengthen you? Um, just a lot of the, you're so smart, you are so loved, you're so important. I remember during a meditation, you a guided meditation that you guided me through, and you told me the world is a better place because you're in it. And I remember mm-hmm. crying. And I kept writing that because that resonated with me so much. Mm-hmm. It really did. To this day, it still does. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell my kids. And that's why I don't tell the people I love because I love it, it was so profound for me. I and so that. I would write that down and I would imagine in my, like, I would imagine in my, you know, mind's eye, me as an adult hugging myself as a little girl saying, I love you. This, you know, you're, you're amazing. You're so smart. You're so loved. And. All of these things that I wish that I would, that my, you know, stepfather would have told me every day. Yes. Yes. 
and that strengthened you. It's called inner child work and I, I have given that to a lot of people because 94% of us come from dysfunctional homes, right? And a lot of our trauma comes from the people that we think should love us, our moms or our dads or our step-parents or the people who raise us and they can oftentimes be the people that actually give us the most abuse, you know, or the most abusive yes. to us. So. So I love that the healing of the inner child uh, can just really profoundly uh, raise us up to being a healthy adult, if you will. So now instead of responding in ways that are childlike, like remember earlier where you said, you know, I would get a, put a blanket over my head or I would go sit in a corner as a little girl and then as an adult I noticed I was doing that. Well, did you notice that as you did your inner child work and you became like a healthy, loving parent to your inner child, like you didn't have to respond in childlike ways anymore? Oh, 100%. I didn't do that anymore. That's when mm -hmm. I, that's, oh, that was huge. That was when the deflecting started. And I said, you know what? That's you. You know, yeah. you're drunk. If yeah. That's not me. That's yeah. when that one started. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So now today in 2021, June of 2021, now tell me about what's going on. Cause I, I haven't seen you in so long and talked to you in so long and, and let, let the listeners know, too, how you got through all of these difficult times and now where you are today. So I am I'm a workers' compensation adjuster. Um, I, I really, it's a little, it sounds boring, but I really do like my job. <laughs> <laughs> Better than being an exotic dancer. <laughs> yeah, definitely beats out being an exotic dancer. I get paid time off. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, yes, and I look back, you know, I there are times where I have, I, there are nightmares now to me where I dream that I'm dancing and I wake up like, Oh no, like, wow. you know, there are times I'll dream about it and it freaks. And in my, even in my dreams, I'm like, no, I'm not supposed to be here. This is wow. not, I, I don't want to do this in wow. my dreams. And I, it freaks me out now. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't, I could mm -hmm. never, ever do that again. I can't mm -hmm. even imagine that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm an adjuster and, um, I'm dating right now and I'm I'm enjoying it actually. <laughs> Good. And you're picking different types of men this time? Yes, I am so <laughs> cognizant if they have if we're at dinner and they have more than one drink, I'm very like, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's too much so i'm like no addictions here like no 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 time for that <laughs> right i've already been down that road and i'm i've overcome that and i'm not picking people that are alcoholic anymore right yes, yes. And i have and i still do my affirmations my affirmation is i am in a healthy happy loving respectful relationship that Wonderful. is what i continue to say to myself because i am in no way wanting to attract any of the nonsense that I have in my past. In your past, right. And another thing that you brought up which was important is love. Like you were talking about with your stepdad, you were just looking to be loved like all children to be emotionally healthy, right? We want to be unconditionally loved, accepted for who we are, feel a sense of belonging in our family. We all seek that. Every human being seeks that. And so when you grow up in that family with your stepdad and then you're seeking for love, you don't know what love is except of how you're raised really. Right? 100%, yes. So now today, what is your definition of what real love is and how would you know if you're really being loved today? Oh, love is uh, respect always. Yes. Love is not going to name call and belittle. That's not love. Love is right. respectful. It's yes. kind. It's patient. Yeah. It is, you know, it's, it's not jealous. It's just, it's mutual respect and yes. kindness yes. and just wanting 
good like you only want the best things for this person yes because you love them so much yeah kids i'm interested in how your kids fared through all of this because now your oldest you said is 17 yes oh goodness i think you know with him i think he still has some issues regarding his um, biological father. He's still working through some things with that. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's actually in therapy right now and, mm -hmm. and just kind of working through that. I think, you know, that's something that's going to be ongoing for him, mm -hmm. you know, to mm -hmm. have because his, you know, father is going to be there for the rest of his life. Yes. So I think he's continuing. I mean, he's working on it. He's in therapy and I think he will, I think he'll be fine. But, you know, and he's at the, teenager stage and trying to you know figure out his identity and what he mm -hmm. wants to do with the rest of his life mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's a hard you know it's not the easiest age so he's working no. it out right now does it help it when he sees his dad does that help him when he goes to the prison to visit his dad um i can't you know i he doesn't really talk to me too much about it i think i think it honestly i don't know actually i don't mm -hmm. know and Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm really not sure. And I told mm -hmm. him, as long as you want to, you can go. And no mm -hmm. one's forcing him, you know. And right. I've always had that open, you know, if you, right. know, if you want to write to him, that's 100%. Right. Yeah. You're welcome to. I don't ever want to hold him back from that. Right. Which is really excellent, honestly, because uh, we do want that connection with the parent. Even if, we, yeah. even if we have to go visit them in jail, we want to know who is my biological parent. You know, what do they think yes. about me? What, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that part is important. I'm, I'm proud of you for really doing that part. We're just letting him, if he wants to see his dad, he can see his dad. So that's terrific. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so how do you keep yourself emotionally healthy today? To, I, hit, I go to the gym probably every day. <laughs> that's my... I, I get anxiety sometimes, and so that is a huge stress reliever going mm -hmm. to the gym for me. Yes. Gym, yoga, yes. reading. Yes. Um, I love to hike when it's not, you know, 150 degrees outside. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I try to meditate as much as I can, and really it just, you know, we're spending time with, you know, with, I was going to say with my kids, but they, they've been stressing me out lately. <laughs> 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 with my mother and my sisters are very close and, Good. you know, going out Good. to dinner with friends Good. and, you know, just all Good. mainly just, just hanging out with the people that I know love yes. me, you know, yes. and, and who loves you more than your mother. That's right. Making, just making really good, healthy choices that really enhance you all the time as a human being. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just interested, uh, because you talked so much about what really kind of got you out of the exotic dancing into doing what you do today, like from being a chef to now doing, uh, being a controller and you really enjoy that. Uh, I'm interested in what you would tell someone about, like if there's listeners that are exotic dancers today, what you would tell them. I would say, you know, if you can get, if, I understand the money. The money, obviously, that's that was that was what was very appealing for me. Yes, you know, and and that's what kind of just kept me in there. But I don't know. I would say that you know, you're loved. You're beautiful. Mm -hmm. You're amazing. Mm -hmm. And you know, you if it's something that you truly enjoy doing, then that's great. Enjoy doing it. But if it's something that you're just doing just because of the money, mm -hmm. there's so many other things mm -hmm. that you can do that will still, you know keep you feeling whole and loved because you are so smart mm -hmm. truly mm -hmm. 
And what would you tell uh, a mother who was pregnant at 15 and, and had a baby at 16? What would you? What advice would you give to them now that you've almost raised your son? He's almost 18. What would you say to them about navigating through that? It's probably. It's going to be a lot. It's going to. It's going to get hard. Obviously, it's going to get hard. But mm-hmm. to, to carve to as best as you can, just to carve out time a little bit for yourself. Yes. Just to remember to take care of yourself, that yes. you are just as important. And if you, you know, you can't, if you're running on fumes, you can't be there to essentially be everyone's, you yeah. know, take care of everyone. You have to take care of yourself first. Yes. That's so important. You yes. know, you can't give what you don't have. Yes. Yes. Right. The more we give to ourselves, the more we have to give to other people. This is true. Yes. We have to refuel our own tanks, if you will, our own emotional tanks. And what would you tell someone who's struggling in a relationship with uh, a person who's an alcoholic? And in your case, too, it's difficult because you had a child by this person. Yes, yes. Um, What I told myself, it's a choice. Yes. It's a choice. You have to choose. Yes. Your your happiness is your responsibility. Yes. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. This is a choice, and you don't have to... You don't have to feel, to feel, to feel like you have to be in this relationship mm-hmm. to feel this codependency on someone because mm-hmm. you are enough. Yes. Yes, you are enough. That's true. That's wonderful. I just so much enjoyed reconnecting with you today and being able to hear your wonderful story about because of your determination, because of your willingness to learn how to love yourself, because of your willingness to make healthy choices in relationships and all of this, that you are just an amazing, amazing person (laughs) that can now be a strength to others. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm still, I'm still working my way through and, you know, some days are better than others, but I'm overall, I'm so, I I can truly say that I'm happy. Yeah. I'm very happy and I am just looking back. I'm, you know, 33 years old, not going to be 34. And I'm just like, wow, I just, I look back and it's amazing to me. I see how much I've grown as a person and I'm continuing to grow. And I'd say I'm pretty proud of myself. And you should be. That's where you gain a lot of self-respect, right? Being so proud of yourself for all the hard work that you did and the determination and practicing the skills and continuing to love yourself and continuing to do the affirmations. Because for me, it's something like we do every day. Like I still do affirmations every single day. Just like I drink water every day for my health, I do affirmations for my mental health. You know? Yes, absolutely. I, I Every day, first thing when I wake up, I just say my affirmations before I get out of bed. Yeah, I love that. Start. It's a great way to start your day on a positive note. Yes, yes, that's why I like, like it. If the day started, it's a good day. Yes, yes. Thank you so, so much for uh, being willing to share your story today. And uh, thank you so much for listeners. May you continue to always be emotionally healthy. You and to gain you can get